Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcast. This is the fourth podcast in my Dial Down the Drama series, and it comes from my upcoming book that's going to be released really, really soon, November 11th, 2015. I'm so excited to share it with you. In fact, you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and pre-order Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. Now that's a mouthful, isn't it? You can do that actually right now. Though I wrote this book for moms of teenage girls, these concepts apply to teenage boys too. One mom who'd taken my Power Your Parenting program had both a teenage girl and boy, and she told me that these principles really helped her more with her son because he was more of the drama king. Also, I want you to remember that early adolescence isn't just high school kids. It starts as early as nine, and this applies to tweens too. So you can head over to ColleenOGrady.com, and I have a gift for you. You can get a free download of one of my chapters from Dialed Down the Drama free. And today, let's get started. I'm going to share some ideas and takeaways from Chapter 4, Why Your Clarity Matters. I love this subject because clarity is huge. You can't live a fulfilling life and parent effectively if you don't have it. In fact, I really believe this is the essential ingredient that eliminates 90% of the drama with your son or daughter. Now, how does the clarity escape us? Well, bottom line is we're all busy. We're running from morning to night, living our lives at 90 miles per hour. We're trying to respond to everyone's needs. We have that never-ending to-do list. And so we're really preoccupied with everybody else's agenda. And we're splattering our attention from home to school to work to kids to friends and everything else that we're involved in or that we're worried about. And so we end up in what I call mother fog. And this is what it sounds like. We are in a complete fog. We can't think clearly. We can't really remember Sometimes what our kids' names are, we are just spaced out. And if you've ever, like, can't, you can't find your keys, you can't find your phone, um, you lose things, you forget things, you go to the store to buy milk and you forget to buy the milk, you end up staring inside of the refrigerator expecting it to tell you what to cook for dinner, then you know what I mean, you have mother fog. Now the problem is that your daughter is clear. Now, she's not clear about actually anything that you want her to be clear about. She's not clear when her assignments are due, when her uh, homework, that big paper. Uh, She's not clear that you told her to clean her room. She's not clear that you told her not to wear a dress that shows, you know, too much of her cleavage or is too uh, short. 
but she is clear about what's important to her. She's clear about the party she wants to go to. She's clear that she wants these certain pair of jeans. She's clear about many things that you should be doing for her. So what happens if she's clear and you are in mother fog? Well, basically, clarity trumps fog every time. So if you're not clear, she's going to start to pull out her tactics because she knows where she wants to drive that car and she wants this really, really bad. And so if she can confuse you, then she can get her way. So she's got all these different kind of approaches. And so she'll start, well, I'll say with some forceful tactics, she'll start arguing with you like, so why won't you let me go to the party? Now, I want to throw something in. This is when she can use what I call adolescent logic because actually it's not logical. But see, you think it is logical. So she'll say, Mom, why can't I go to the party? And you'll say, well, there's no adult supervision. And then she'll say, well, you just hate me. You just don't want me to have friends. And you're thinking, what in the heck is she talking about? And you get so confused and frustrated that you end up losing it with her. And that works for her because then then she gets you so confused that you're going to say, sure, you can go to the party. Another thing, she'll throw a big drama fit. I think you know what I mean. It's the slamming doors, throwing the book on the floor, yelling, screaming, and and actually just making your life absolutely miserable. And And she'll say something like, seriously, Mom, I have to go to this party. So the idea is if she bugs you enough, you're going to give in and say, sure, go. Um, and then some, some of it can be really mean-spirited, and she can say, Mom, you are such a loser. Just because you don't have a social life doesn't mean that I shouldn't go to that party. Okay, that hurts. And you can get so confused that you say, okay, sure. She can threaten you and say, if you don't let me go to this party, then fine then I won't go to school. I don't care anymore. She can try to punish you and let you know how unhappy she is. And she can just look so sad around the house and have that really long face and just say, I hope you're happy. You've ruined my life. She can withhold her attention. She can avoid you, wall off in her room. And if you ask her questions, she won't talk to you. She'll just say, fine, whatever. But then there are more like the logical tactics, like using comparison. Mom, all my friends can go to the parties. Their moms don't care. Why can't I stay out till four in the morning? Even granny and grandpa said I should go. Or you may have a daughter or son who is a budding little attorney, and they say, okay, Give me one reason why I can't go to the party. Like you have to have good evidence for them to not go to the party. Another one is trying to be reasonable with you. And so it kind of sounds good because they're kind of being nice. You know, I know, Mom, that you don't want me to go to a party without adult supervision. But John, you know, who, you know, her, her 19-year-old brother and all his fraternity friends are going to be there. So I thought you wouldn't care. Or 
Then, um, then there's kind of the emotional manipulation. (sighs) You know what? I can't believe you're not letting me go to the party because Beth, my only friend is going to be there. And if I don't go tonight, she will never be my friend. Okay. So those are the kind of reasonable tactics. Now, then, then you have some nice. So if the forceful tactics didn't work and the reasonable tactics didn't work, she'll try some of these nice ones. And, um, and these are hard to kind of say no to. And one of those is, uh, Hey mom, have you lost weight? Those jeans look fabulous on you. Oh, and by the way, I cleaned the kitchen. Uh, so could I go to that party tonight? All right. Then there's another one of bargaining. Mom, I'll clean the bathroom and do the dishes and actually vacuum the whole house and scrub the windows or whatever you do with the windows if you'll let me go to the party. So when you are in mother fog, which means you're either preoccupied, tired, exhausted, and spent, you just don't have the energy to deal with this, and you're not clear, so her, her tactics will wear you down. I can't tell you how many mothers who are trying to be helpful, who are trying to protect their son or daughter and guide them and do what's right, will start off with with such good intentions. And when they're not clear, it's, it's so easy to lose it with your son or daughter because they drive you to the edge. And you don't have the reserves to kind of maintain control. So I can't tell you how many moms just just feel really bad because they end up acting just like their teen. They absolutely lose it. So in this chapter, I help you get back on the road to clarity. So clarity starts with knowing where you are and what you want and where you want to go. And this is actually a little bit harder than it sounds because knowing where you are takes a lot of courage and honesty because a lot of times if things aren't going really well, we don't want to look at that or we just, we might try to ignore it Um, We may see the signs that our daughters or sons are not doing well, but we just actually are so busy, we are not, those little warning lights um, aren't really flashing because everything else that we have to do is flashing so loud that we might miss it. And that happened to to one of my moms. Her her daughter was a cheerleader, well-liked. She had her own car, a lot of independence, and... Her mom was working full-time, and so was, was her husband. And, and the mom was definitely had some mother fog going on. And, um, and actually, you know, I, I'm not saying anything bad about this mom because all of us know what that mother fog is like. But what happened is this daughter started going down kind of the slippery slope and um, ended up using some hardcore drugs and was going to um, apartments of 30-year-old drug dealers. And, and this sweet little girl just told me how scared she was, and she actually wanted to get into rehab. And, and her parents had no idea, and no idea. So it was such a painful session to sit down with this girl and her mom, and this mom 
who had no clue what the danger her daughter was in. So that's where she was. And, and her, that mom needed to know that so, so that she could get a plan, get her clarity of, of where to go from here. So um, also in this chapter, I talk about um, knowing what you want. And this is not just about our daughters. It's, it's, it's about for us. I mean, what do we want? See, we matter. We're not, like I've said before, we're not just mother machines. I can't tell you how many moms, and I say, what do you want? And like, like, we don't know, because we're so focused on everybody else that we've actually forgotten what brings us joy or delight or wonder. Like, those are words of the past. So sometimes what I'll say is, is like, let's make it easy on you. Let's start with, so what's, what do you not want? And that's something you have, like, more access to. It's like... Well, I definitely don't want to live in a house of drama, you know, and I don't like it that my daughter's just not helping out around the house. So, so where I like to start with, with moms is you like, you could write a list of those things and then turn it around and like, so if that's not what you want, then what is it that you do want? You know, and, and write, make a list of those, you know, you could write in pencil what you don't want and then Turn it around and write in pen what you do want. Another way to say this is, do you complain? And do you complain to your husband, your partner, to your friends? Do you go to lunch and just complain about your daughter? Like, notice what do you complain about? And write that down and turn it around. Now, complaining can be useful only in the sense that it tells you what you don't want. You don't want, let, you don't want complaining to keep you stuck. So write down everything you complain about, and let's see if we can turn this thing around. Okay, so here's what can happen. You can say, I want to have a close relationship with my daughter. That's what you want. You didn't want her to be walled off in her room not talking to you. So you say, I want this close relationship with my daughter. Now the first thing that's going to come up is all your reasons and excuses why it won't happen. So I want a good relationship with my daughter, and then you're going to think, well, that's impossible. She won't talk to me. It's too late. All your excuses are going to just be flooding in. This is an important juncture. So part of you wants this good relationship with your daughter, and this other part of you thinks it will never happen. So what do you do with that? That's definitely not clear. That's a lot of ambiguity. So this is where I say you want to turn that clarity into intention. So, and that comes back down to what do you really want? Do you really want to be right about this? Do you really want to be right that you won't have a good relationship with your daughter? Or would you want to put all your attention and your energy into I do want a good relationship with my daughter? And that's what um, I help moms in the last part of this chapter is how to turn your clarity into intention. So what is an intention? Intention is, is a guiding principle. It's, it helps your mind refocus to what you really, really do want. It's not like I intend to vacuum. That is not an intention. It's like big picture stuff. It's what you really want in your gut. It's what, what you weep over. It's, it's, what, like, it's like your longing, your deepest longing. So 
So it could be something like, I intend to have a really good relationship with my teenage son or daughter, or I really intend to enjoy these years with my son or daughter. So what that does, that intention, is it's your map. It's showing you what you really want each day. And it's a much more empowering place to live, being intentional, than just reacting to the next teenage drama thing. So some people might think, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Well, it's going to be a lot of work either way. It's a lot of work cleaning up after your son or daughter, or you can set an intention. Now, intentions are aligned with your whole self. You know, it's like it's aligned with your, your spirituality. It's aligned with your values and your morals and your longings. It, it's, it's like all of you are, is in alignment. This is what you truly want. And there are so many benefits from these intentions. And one is they keep you focused. Because this is the thing that when we start to get in mother fog and we just want to just say, okay, I don't want to deal with him or her. It's like, no, this is my intention. An intention can also be like a prayer. This is what you want. You can ask God, your higher power, whatever. This, I really want to have an, an enjoyable relationship with my son or daughter. So it reorients you even when it's hard. It keeps you centered. It keeps you from completely freaking out, you know, because our imaginations can always go to the negative, to the disaster stories. The intentions remind you of what's important. And it's like, you know, this is what's really, really important. And here's something that you do is, is um, you write it on an index card. You make it a prayer and you write it out as a prayer. And you need, you need to look at this several times a day because you're going to forget. And intentions, you want to make them like, like a sentence long, something that you can remember. And intentions rewire your brain. So all of us, so don't worry about this, all of us tend to go to the negative. Someone said that, I don't know, like we have 60,000 thoughts, and I don't know how you can count 60,000 thoughts, but a day, and that 80% of those are negative. So we're all, we're hardwired to be negative. So we need reminders to, to, to focus on the positive. And, and again, so intentions redirect our attention from always going to that negative and turning it around to what you really, really want. Now, there's so, so much with clarity. I mean, obviously, clarity isn't like listening to this one podcast and you go, oh, wow, I'm, now I'm clear. Uh, this is an ongoing process. This is like, it's almost like, like a spiritual discipline. But your clarity is everything. Clarity is everything. Okay, I can hear some of you say, I'm, I don't know where to start. I, I just have no idea. And I'm so busy, I don't have time for this. And I get that. I really do. And so we're going to start small. So what I would say is spend five minutes a day being quiet. Just five minutes. 
you probably waste five minutes looking at everybody's Facebook pictures. So you probably can find five minutes and just do that. And then maybe try taking two five-minute breaks and just be quiet. Because when you sit still, then it's like you start to return home to you. And that clarity is in you. It's like, you know, that glass of water shaken up with a lot of dirt. And you can't see through that, through the water because it's all dirty. And not that you're dirty water. But when you let that water sit still, all that stuff that, that's spinning kind of settles at the bottom. And you can see again. So start with five minutes and start to see what's really, really important to you. Ask yourself that question. What is really important to me, especially concerning my son or daughter? And turn that into a one-sentence intention. All right, thank you so much for listening to me, and I can't wait to get back with you on Chapter 5. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.